This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, you're listening to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm your host, Matt Addison, with Paul Gorse, Theo Squires and Rich Garner, all with me this afternoon. No games, of course, to talk through this week, but there was some news around Curtis Jones getting a new and extended contract at Anfield. We'll start with that. We'll talk a little bit about the World Cup as well, though. I have to say, it doesn't quite feel like it is the eve of a major tournament. We'll come to all of that in just a few minutes' time. But, Gorse, they'll come to you first. Obviously, Curtis Jones, one of the, the bigger news stories of this week. It came out of the, the blue a little bit, but no doubt good news for Curtis. Good news for Liverpool as well, I'd say, despite a, a mixed reaction on social media, as you might expect. But, uh, yeah, certainly a positive for the young Liverpool midfielder. Yeah, I'm not interested in, in the kind of like mixed reaction thing from social media because more and more idiots just kind of infest sites like Twitter, don't they? Um, I've never heard anyone in person criticise Curtis Jones. You might have reservations over certain things that he's able to do or certain things that he doesn't do or whether he's whether he's kicked on enough during his, his career. He's, I think he's played 80-odd 80, 80 times for Liverpool now. But he's only 21 and, you know, if... You're looking at someone who's that young, who's kind of achieved what he has already in the game. You're looking at someone who's got so much potential, aren't you? Um, you know, if he was on the market, you'd be thinking he'd be someone who'd do a really good job for Liverpool for the next five or six years. So I think it's a really good move, to be fair. He's obviously got things that he needs to work on and, and a little bit of a prolonged spell around the first team without any injuries will obviously help towards that, kind of get himself back on track because it's been... A little bit of a tough kind of calendar year for, for him personally, hasn't it, with the injuries that he's had. He had that freak eye injury, didn't he, about 12 months ago, and then he kind of opened up on the stress reaction that he had earlier in the season. But um, generally, I think it's a, it's a good news for Liverpool. And I don't think he's going to be someone who's, who's going to be a, a regular where he's playing every single week and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. But as a squad player, I think he's a very useful addition for Jürgen Klopp to have. So... It's it's good news, really. Uh, regardless of of the the idiots who, for whatever reason, have seemed to have taken a dislike towards Casey Jones, probably the fact that he's a he's a Liverpoolian. Um, for whatever difference that seems to make, it it does. Um, but generally, yeah, good news for certainly great news for him, and good news for the kind of future proofing of Liverpool's midfield options. Um, we know that the midfield is is going to be an issue sooner rather than later, really, with the you know, contract situations with the Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita and then the age of the likes of Henderson, Milner and Thiago. So, um, yeah, generally this this should be seen as a good thing and hopefully this is the one now where he can really kick on and, you know, fulfil up a potential that we've all seen over the last two, two to three years. Yeah, absolutely. He's a really good player in Curtis Jones. I think as much as, as anything else, it's probably that he's just not a new transfer. He's not Duke Bellingham. Yeah. He's not one of those. It's just, you know, one of those things where you kind of rate the players that you don't have in some ways more than, than the ones that you do. But uh, it, it feels as well, Theo, that he's, he's kind of judged a, a little bit unfairly in the fact that we've seen him come through the academy and, and be a very creative attacking player. That's not the player that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders have, have moulded him into at Liverpool so far. It, it might be the player that he becomes in future years. Maybe, who knows, by the end of, of this contract, that is what he is for Liverpool. But it does kind of feel like people have got an expectation of what he should be based on what he was when he was 19. He's, he's maybe moved away from that a little bit. But that's not to say that he, he can't have value by doing what he is doing for Liverpool. You, you can see it both ways. 
I think there's there's an impatience from the fans. Like you see a player scoring goals or getting these assists at youth level, and now you just want them to be doing it the first team straight away. You want them to be getting fans off the seats and making that immediate difference. And Curtis Jones, he's been very unlucky with these injuries. He's been in out on the side. It's easy to forget that very few teenagers do go in and make that instant impact. It takes time. The game performances go up and down. They struggle with consistency. You're not all going to be like Steven Gerrard's, Jude Bellings or whatever. majority of players will find that, uh, take time to find their feet at a senior level. And with Curtis Jones, you could say, well, he's not found a specific role in this Liverpool team. It's like, is he a left winger? Is he um, going to be this num- attacking number eight? Could he be a number 10? We've seen him, I think, even trailed as a number six for a half maybe in the League Cup and it didn't really work. But he's not really nailed down any of these positions and he's not been able to showcase the best of his talents consistently and that's not helped with the injuries. As soon as like you think, oh, this is his chance, he's going to get a run in the team, he's been unavailable for whatever reason. And then when things aren't going well for Liverpool, it's very easy to scapegoat him, to point the finger at him and say, oh, it's because we've got players like Curtis Jones in midfield who would be winning this game if Thiago was available or whatever. Thiago's 32, I think. If Thiago was, even if when he's fully fit, he's not going to be in this Liverpool team when Curtis Jones's contract expires. Like Liverpool are looking to the future here and this is part of the reason why they're going to overhaul the midfield in 2023. Move on these players that are out of contract or injury prone and focus on Harvey Elliott's the Curtis Jones and try and put some new signings in around them. Like Gorsty said, it's hard to predict at this point that seeing being a regular first team player starting every week for Liverpool, but he's still very young. Who's to say what he can achieve if he does get a run of games, if he does offer the goals and the assists that we saw earlier in his academy career, at least he's versatile and he does a job. Maybe he's not um, this big goal scorer midfielder that we thought he might be, but there's another case of, Scouse midfielder comes through academy, you automatically go, next Steven Gerrard. There is never going to be the next Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard was one of a kind. He is Curtis Jones. He now needs to shed off these injuries that he's had in the past and show what he can really do and make his own name. We've seen promises, promising signs so far. And hopefully, after the World Cup, he'll get some games, he'll get a decent run of games and show what he can do. Like, you know, Naby Keita, even if he's free of injury, it's looking like he's entering the last six months of his Liverpool career. That should be more opportunities there. Harvey Elliott's the perfect example. He's had a run of games in the past, what, month, six weeks, and he's going from strength to strength. Hopefully Curtis Jones can do the same. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it, Rich? I think it, it's just a case of, of finding that consistency. And it's it's consistency in his game, but that only comes when you get consistent games. You've got to keep yourself off the treatment table. That's not something he's been able to, to do really for, for a full season up to this point. But as soon as he does that, that's probably the time to judge him rather than now. Well, it is and it isn't, isn't it? Because he's going to be judged either way. Uh, play. Uh, there's been many players down, in, down the line who've been promising players at Liverpool, but but then have, have found themselves in the treatment room more often than they would like and and, and have been judged by uh, by not being available as much as what they've actually done on the pitch. So there's there's, there's, there's two sides to that, really. But uh, first and foremost, I think it's great news that he signed a new contract. Uh, you know, a young, talented player who's good on the ball, can, can retain possession and, and be a common influence on that midfield, which is something Liverpool are going to need. I kind of, I've kind of swayed two ways in terms of what Liverpool's most pressing matter is with the midfield at the moment. But earlier in the season, I was like, oh, just need, 
stability and you know get the old heads in there, get a grip of this game because we look so disjointed in midfield. But it, the the penny has dropped. I mean, basically, we just literally do not have the legs in midfield that we used to, and we're now we're now in a situation where we're playing teams further down the divisions who can match Liverpool in midfield because they've got the energy, they've got the work rate, and any 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 advantage Liverpool may have had in terms of quality and creativity is being counteracted by that work rate. So the young players are really important at the moment. And it's, it's the same with Harvey Elliott, is someone who, who who I've pointed, I think, has been hasn't been especially uh, effective in a lot of his games this season. The, the last one excluded, of course. Uh, but, but these players are vitally important because of the work rate that they can put in. And I think that will be uh, a chance now for Curtis Jones to hopefully get some sort of run uh, and really try and you know pin down a position or or or, or, a, or a, an area of specialism shall we say which he can make his own because I do think that is if he's going to define his Liverpool career his Liverpool first team career he is going to have to do that at some point otherwise no one will really know what he is but I, I was reading his um the quotes he, he put out after he signed his new contract and he just made a really simple but key points you know he joined the club when he was about six years old and he's worked his way right the way through uh, to the top, playing in one of the best teams in Europe for the last couple of years. How many Liverpool players can say that they've done that? How many have come through that route and survived from start to finish? It, it, it's you know you think of your Fowlers and your Owens and Trent and Gerrards, but there's not many, is there? It's a really difficult thing to achieve, and he's done that, and he's 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 deserved his seat at the table. Now he just needs to take it on to the next level. And he's done that, of course, at a time when Liverpool have been as good as they've ever been, Gorsty. It's not like he's come into a Liverpool team of a decade ago where probably if he had have done that, he would have been playing every single week. He's come into a Liverpool team that's yeah. got Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, all the other names in there. You do need that squad, as, as you mentioned before. He's He's got a role to play over the next few years. Yeah, I think I think the, the biggest criticism you can have of him is He's probably still in the same position he was when he first broke into the team. You know, someone who's looked at as a squad player to come in and play the odd few minutes in the Premier League and start in the cup games. Um, but that's not a huge slight on someone when you look at the squad that Liverpool have got. And as you say there, you know, certainly the, the last two, three years have been the best Liverpool team of, of, of my lifetime. And, you know, not everyone can kind of come in and, and play every week for them. So... It's not a, a major criticism that he's not hugely kicked on because uh, he's still only twenty one. Um, so I just think he's in a in a really good place. To be fair, you know, for the long term, he's just signed a new contract, um, and now it's a time for him to to try and kick on and, and see if he can kind of become a little bit more of a regular. But I don't think there's any, you know, incredible rush on him having to do that in the next six months. Otherwise, it's time to cast him aside. Um, Let's just see what he can do. Um, I do. I do think he could be an option on the left of, of the front three at times. I think Liverpool don't have too much um, strength and depth in those areas. Certainly on the right side, where Salah plays, they haven't got anyone after he beyond Salah. On the left, there's a little bit more versatility in terms of Jota can go out there and Nunes if he absolutely has to. But I think Jones can play in a midfield three, or he can play on that left as well. So. Um, yeah, I think you know. Let's just see see what happens in in the coming weeks, months, and, and years with him. He certainly played with loads of talent. He's got things he needs to work on, obviously. But um, I wouldn't be 
kind of, you know, the, <laughs> I was, as I said at the, the top of my answer, my first answer was kind of dismayed by all these faceless accounts who seem to be dismayed by the news. I had a few replying to me on Twitter and I don't quite get it. So, um, yeah, good news for, certainly for him and his family, uh, good news for the club and um, let's see if he can really push on now and have a really strong season. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what, though? Um, if you think about the whole sort of argument that FSG haven't, haven't invested enough money in top players or over the whole midfield or whatever, that whole argument, which obviously had its own special place in social media, um, I suppose you look at like Curtis Jones, he's kind of like the poster boy for the opposite, isn't he? You know what I mean? The homegrown player didn't cost much uh, and, and, and he's knocking around the first team and it's the complete opposite to... To, to that argument, isn't it? So um, he, he's probably been a, a little bit of a fall guy in that respect, I would imagine, which uh, which uh, can stick, can't it? But uh, hopefully he can do the business on the pitch and, uh, and and continue to do it to prove people like that wrong. Yeah, I think we all agree that at the very least he's going to be a, a squad player, Theo, moving forward. So I'm sure he'll back himself. He, he certainly doesn't lack confidence. He's, he's going to be one of those players that will look at it and think that he can become much more than that. But, but what do you think it is that is the next step for him? What has he got to, to work on to, to take the next step forward? To Liverpool? Um, he's got to stop picking up these injuries. It's, even then, that's harsh because it's not as though he's injury-prone in the same way as maybe a Cater or an Oxlade-Chamberlain. Like, pretty freakish in, injuries, aren't they? When you think the stress one um, and his leg, was it his leg? And then the eye injury as well. He's just had really rotten luck um, at times, Liverpool. Um, we've seen his talent when he's had games. He just needs to get more games. He needs to show what he can do. Like obviously, he's a Liverpool fan, and I think it weighs on his shoulders a little bit. Like in the Leeds game, he came on and he almost created a goal out of nothing within seconds of coming on. But then a couple of passes go astray, fans get on his back, and I think he just stormed down the tunnel at the final whistle. You know how much that defeat would have hurt him, how much a poor performance would have hurt him. Um, they've discussed before like, some of the senior players in the Liverpool squad that the younger players are on social media a lot. So you'd imagine Curtis Jones is aware that there is a section of the fan base that doesn't rate him, doesn't want him at the club, would rather Liverpool got rid of him and use the funds to go and sign a Jude Bellingham or someone like that, despite the fact that Jude Bellingham is a teenager and he's still an England international and he's got the hype around him. That doesn't mean he's going to come in and be this consistent player that's performing week on week until he gets to that next level himself. Granted, he's higher along the pecking order than uh, Curtis Jones at the moment. But th- there is a talent there, as Gorsty said. He's just not made the steps we wanted him to make because the competition is so strong, because he's had these injuries, and because it's been a really hard time to be a professional footballer when you think about it with these shortened pre-seasons, with lots more fixtures coming up with the pandemic, with the mid-season World Cup, like that's even harder for him to get rhythm. This will sound like we're just making excuses to write away what's gone wrong for Curtis Jones. 
but it, it takes its toll on any player. You can understand why he just needs to get catch a break, doesn't he? If something falls his way, he gets rid of the injuries, gets a run in the team, and just find that rhythm that he has been missing throughout his career, we're going to see him make that next step. And it's also another one, international-wise, he's going to have the under-21s Euros next year. That could be a big stage for him to go and show his abilities there. Like He's one of the older ones, one of the more senior players in that group. That is a chance for him to show his abilities on the international stage, get some confidence, and then come back to Liverpool and go, yeah, I belong at this level. I'm sure he's one of those as well that will benefit from this mid-season training camp. Gorsi, we'll come to, to that next. We'll talk a little bit about the World Cup as well. But obviously, all of the players that are not going to the World Cup for Liverpool will be going to Dubai. I think it's for, for 12 days, isn't it? A couple of games in there. That's surely got to be something that Jurgen Klopp is, is eyeing up to, to try and fix a few things. And Curtis Jones and, and plenty of others as well, I'm sure, are, are looking forward to that. Yeah, it's actually a really strong squad that's going to be going, really, because Liverpool have only got seven representatives at the World Cup, which I think is the lowest number since 2006. Um, so, Canate's going, Van Dijk, obviously, Alisson and um, Fabinho and Trent and Jordan Henderson. Um, I think that's it. Darwin, Darwin Nunes and Tafferell, of course, yeah. Um, so, Klopp's going to have plenty of, of, of um, big names out in Dubai and so it's going to be a little bit different in terms of it you know if you're liking it to a, to a summer um summer tour when Liverpool fly to Dubai or fly to Thailand or America or whatever they're normally waiting for, for the big stars to join on aren't they because if there's been internationals at the end of the season they, they get granted extra time off this time we're going to be going to Dubai with the likes of um you know obviously Mo Salah Luis Diaz will be working his way back won't need Diogo Jota's probably Still going to be too injured to feature, but we're going to have the likes of Joel Matip, Andy Robertson, Thiago, of course, as he's not in the Spain squad. Um, so generally, it's it's going to be you know a lot more kind of star studded than it, it normally would be. And then they've got the games against Leon and and AC Milan to come as, as part of the the tour, the, the Dubai Super Cup, with some strange rules. Uh, I haven't quite got my head around how it works yet. Actually, what is it? Uh, three points for a win and then a penalty shootout at the end of a game, I think, regardless of what happens. And then you get an extra point for that. bit strange, but uh, all part of the exhibition fun, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I think Liverpool have had it kind of in, in the bag for a while. They looked at a, a camp in South Africa before settling on. Before settling on Dubai. And, uh, yeah, it should be a useful um, useful tour for them before the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be uh, be lots of players who are looking forward to it, Rich. I think one of the, the ones that I would pick out is, is Calvin Ramsey, actually, who's stepped up at an international level this week and, and played a couple of games for, for Scotland. But he's one of those that was injured during pre-season, didn't have that time. But it is a, a rarity that you get this in the middle of the season. Jurgen Klopp had it, of course, in Germany. But I think for, for someone like Ramsey, this could be a real time to, to stand up and, and shine. Well, to be honest with you, Matt, if we're looking for someone to bomb up and down the wing, we should be looking no further than Gorsty's dog. He's been, <laughs> up, been up and down those stairs about three times so far in our podcast, and he looks a bit lively. So uh, maybe Jürgen yeah, should take a proper look at him in Dubai uh, this winter. Got nothing to lose on him. No, and in terms of uh, uh, Calvin Ramsey, we, we got a little bit of a look at him, didn't we, um, the other night against uh, Derby. And um, it, it was an assured performance. I did think he was a bit nervous, a bit uh, uh, a bit conservative in terms of of getting forward, which is probably understandable if you're making your first 
first team debut in front of a full Anfield. Um, and and obviously, if you if you're playing at the back, you don't want to make a mistake. So we we know he can get forward a lot more than he did really. And I'm looking forward to see a bit more of that. And Dubai is probably a a good opportunity to see that um, because we you know he's been brought in as a, as an understudy to to Trent and he. Uh, he'll be expected to put him under a, a certain degree of pressure from the off, especially when there's been a, a little bit a uh, bit more focus on, on Trent than uh, perhaps he and Jurgen Klopp would have liked it in, in any case. Um, but th- these are, you know, there's a bit of a change of the guards in Liverpool. There's a lot of a lot of young players knocking about now. We've seen the emergence of uh, Ben Doak uh, come come to the, uh, the fore in the last couple of weeks. And he, he certainly showed no fear when... When he graced the Anfield turf the other week and uh, and was back in action again uh, this week for Scotland under twenty one, so there's there's uh, some some good young Scottish players. It's a bit like back in the eighties, isn't it? Really, uh, we've got a, a new wave coming in, and and Ramsey's certainly a player who looks like he's been doing a great job in Aberdeen. And um, yeah, if there's if there's anything to take out of uh, two matches with guaranteed penalties at the bottom at the end of the game, it's it's either the actions of uh, Gravine Callagher or uh, seeing some of these new players on the pitch and, and Ramsey will certainly be one to watch. Yeah, Liverpool always have a, a Scottish player, don't they, when they win the league? So not a bad thing to have a few of those stockpiled up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned a few players in there as, as well, Rich. I'll come to, to you, Theo, next on, on this one. Mohamed Salah as well is, is another one that I think you know looked a little bit jaded, shall we say, at the, the back end of, of last season. But for, for all of these players, you, you kind of look at this as an opportunity just to, to reset and, and go again collectively, individually. We probably see the, the best of, of someone like that after the back of, of this break. It, it could really work in, in his favour. Yeah, all being well, the season starts here for Liverpool. I think when even us as journalists, when we're talking about it, it feels like last season didn't end. It felt like we went straight into the next one without a long enough summer break, without a long enough pre-season. I assume, no matter how much time had passed from the Champions League final, Liverpool were at the King Power playing the Community Shield again. It's like, well, if journalists are feeling knackered just going around to games, how are these first team players feeling having to have these games three times a week, every single week, when the stakes were never higher? Granted, this season they're still playing three times a week and the standards have dropped a little bit. I can understand why they'd be fatiguing those legs and mental fatigue as well, when you think of someone like Salah, when 2022 on paper should have been his year. Liverpool were going for all these major honours. There was a World Cup to look forward to. He was looking forward to hopefully challenging for a Ballon d'Or. He was in contention. He gets that hat-trick at Old Trafford. You're thinking, yep, yeah, Mohamed Salah, this is your season. But then 2022 has just not happened. He wins a couple of domestic cups, loses the AFCON final, fails to make the World Cup. And loses Champions League, loses the Premier League. He's found a bit of form in recent weeks. He's not at the explosive uh, best that we saw in the first half of last season. But for those sorts of players, this break has come at a great time. Maybe they'd have liked to still be playing their back a bit of rhythm. And for Mohamed Salah, he'd certainly like to be out there in Qatar playing at this World Cup. But it's a chance for him to have a break, recharge his batteries, and then Liverpool can make the most of this uh, trip to Dubai and have a proper second pre-season like, like, like we've said on this podcast a few times now pre-season wasn't long enough the summer break wasn't long enough it was just what a month they had to prepare from reporting back on july the 4th for the community shield that isn't enough for elite athletes to get to the standards they need to to be ready for the next 10 months to go again so they'll be looking forward to working hard in dubai and getting up to the right uh, fitness levels 
it'd be good chance for the likes of Diaz to move hopefully a giant step closer to making a playing return in um, January, if not at the end of December. Uh, yeah, it's come at a good time for Liverpool. And then you've got the uh, looming prospect of the January transfer window where hopefully they can find a, another Luis Diaz to give another shot in the arm to this squad and they can just go from strength to strength in 2023, even if it is just uh, hopefully getting one over on Real Madrid for once in the Champions League. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And as much as they'll have you know, a bit of time, Gorsi, to, to work on a few things and, and try and fix things, I mean... To me, like Theo says there, the, the break that they're getting feels as big, if not even bigger, is just that they're going to have a bit of a rest. They're going to be able to to refresh themselves. And as Theo again said, the, the, the same really for us. I think I'm looking forward to, to this break, certainly. I, I don't know about you, but it, it, it does just feel like a bit of a rest as much as, as anything else would do Liverpool good. Yeah, just a, a, just a couple of weeks off, really. Nothing major, just some time where they're not constantly playing fixtures. Um just to rest one or two little knocks that they might have, one or two little kind of unofficial injuries, if you like, because I'm sure there are players there who are carrying knocks who've, who've had to kind of play through the pain barrier. I don't think Jordan Henderson's been fit all season, to be perfectly honest, and I'm hoping that he doesn't get too many minutes out in a, out of the World Cup from a kind of you know selfish Liverpool point of view. Um, don't think Trent would, would be playing much anyway, given the, the well-documented aversion that Carlos Southgate has to, to, to him anyway. So... Um, yeah, I think I think it'll be a, a very um, beneficial period for Liverpool as a whole because, as, as I mentioned before, they've got quite a lot of the, the big stars with them at Dubai. Um, and, you know, players like Canate, not really a regular for France, so we might necessarily, we might not be playing much. Alisson, you'd expect to be playing, uh, but, you know, that's a goalkeeper that kind of specialised. He can play plenty of minutes, can't he? Uh, Fabinho, don't think he plays regularly, does he? For Brazil, um, Van Dijk, you know, kind of have to expect that he's the the captain of of Netherlands, and um, you know if if anyone does well in Qatar, I hope it's him because you know player of his quality to only be now making this kind of major international tournament debut is a strange quirk. Um, obviously had the injury didn't he in in the Euros and decided not to go. So hope he does well, but generally it's it's a bit of a strange tournament, isn't it? Um, I'm sure we're going to come on to it, but I just feel cold about the entire thing. This is the week that the World Cup starts, and at no point have I even looked at the fixture list and looked at what games I might want to watch. It just all seems a bit um, indifferent at, at best, to be honest. That's before you even come to any of the, the moral issues which are going to blight the entire tournament. Yeah, I feel the, the exact same, to be honest. It just doesn't it doesn't feel quite normal. Obviously, it's a different time of year, all the rest of it. And I know, Theo, you're banging to, to England and, and the World Cup and, and all of that. Are you are you the same as, as me and Gorsley, or are you slightly more enthused by it all? Once I'm bang into England, I just enjoy watching something that I don't see regularly. Relatively. <laughs> um, I, I am and I'm not. I, it doesn't feel like a World Cup. It's coming at 
the wrong time of year. We've got all the, the moral questions about it being in Qatar. It shouldn't be out there. But then it is just a good time to sit back and watch football as a fan. I think that's what I'm looking forward to. The fact that you can have games on at like 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And it is still like some of the best players across the world. Granted, I don't think I'm going to be tuning in for that opening game, which is Qatar versus Ecuador. But for some of the games, they are going to be decent prospects. And it is nice to just take that step back because I don't tend to watch every single Premier League game during the season because I, I was having this conversation with Doyley yesterday, actually, because Tom Cavilla was asking us, why don't we watch more Premier League football? And because when it's on our days off, we want to switch off. Like, it's all very well when you watch in Liverpool week in, week out, but there's only so much football you can watch when you're in that zone. But now, a few weeks to recharge your batteries, can have that few weeks to watch it as a fan. Maybe keep an eye on the players that Liverpool fans get excited about. We've been linked in the, the gossip columns and then uh, get some ideas for stories ourselves. It's just looking at it from a different angle completely. But yeah, it still shouldn't be in Qatar, shouldn't be in November, December. Um, hopefully, we're back to normality what, in 2026, USA, Canada and Mexico. But yeah, it's, it's never as good as club football anyway. Uh, any slight excitement that it being something a bit different, I'm still more looking forward to that Man City game in the League Cup uh, after recharging our batteries. I think that's one of the bigger things for me with England is it's just not as good as watching the Champions League. The, the football you get used to during the season, it's it's not even the, the same sort of standard. But uh, Rich, what about you? Tournament favourites or are you uh, not not so much into it? I love the World Cup, okay, and always have done. Um, the first World Cup I can remember was Mexico 86, um, but the first one I actually watched properly from start to finish was Italia 90, and and that pretty much uh, tuned me into a love for not so much international football, but for major international tournaments. And, of course, back then, Football wasn't quite as uh, non-stop, brought, you know, tell it wasn't televised non-stop like it is now. You were learning a lot about new players and people that you'd never seen before. Uh, I think the the uh, the ban from Europe for English clubs was was still in place at that point, so it was like a new world. San Siro, what's this, and all those type of things. So I've got I've got a lot of affinity to, uh, to the tournament. And my my lad's eleven now, and he's getting me. I've said to him the other day, um, you know. This is something you'll want to watch because it, this you, you'll remember the last one, but you won't remember it properly. And this is a this is an opportunity to tune in to the whole idea of what the World Cup's supposed to be and how you discover new players and how teams get knocked out that are not supposed to be knocked out and stuff like that. The problem, of course, is that the dynamic is it is different to a normal World Cup. It's being played in the middle of a of a, a domestic club season. It's in a country that quite frankly, shouldn't be hosting it. Um, they've had to build infrastructure from scratch, which makes you, aside from anything else, the fact that that that, that just that needs to be done um, makes you question how on earth it got um, awarded the World Cup in the first place. Um, and, and there's all kinds of other restrictions in place, the, you know, the moral issues about what is acceptable over there, what isn't their views on on certain things. Obviously, no no alcohol now has been uh, as of today, I think, which is obviously uh, pretty close to the start of the tournament. Say for for making a decision like that, especially one of you when one of your sponsors of the uh, of the World Cup is Budweiser. But it, it's 
the, the bottom line is, in terms of like making a moral stance against it, it's it's too late. England are playing. They, all the other teams that are in it are playing. They've signed up for it. They don't have to go. They didn't have to go, but they've all signed up to it. So that for me, that horse has bolted. If they wanted to make a point like that, that should have been done right at the start. Nothing's changed. People knew pretty much what the landscape of this World Cup was uh, well before we got to this point now. But it's too late for all that now. So I, I, I will be watching it. I'll be watching it uh, with a keen eye. doesn't mean I approve of where it is, far, far from it. But I'm going to uh, drag my son off YouTube and make sure he, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's watching these games. and Because and, these are, you might see something out of the ordinary we have in many World Cups before. Uh, and, and my sort of whole knowledge of international football was built on those early World Cups and, and, and understanding the history that went before it as well. And I'd like to think he'll do the same. But um, yeah, um, I would have liked, if we take away the fact that it's in the middle of a season, would have liked a few more Liverpool players to be involved. But uh, I'm, I'm absolutely with uh, Gorsley in the fact that it's probably a bit of a, um, a blessing in disguise that there aren't, there aren't too many uh, going and, and it is an ideal opportunity for Liverpool to have a bit of a reset and try and get this Premier League season going. But uh, yeah, I'll be watching the World Cup and I'm even going to watch Qatar Ecuador because I've got Ecuador. Sorry, not Ecuador. I've got Qatar in the uh, Echo Sweep uh, along with all those other international powerhouses, South Korea and Denmark. So uh, I don't think I'll be uh, getting the drinks in at the Christmas party somehow. But uh, either way, I I'm going to look forward to the, for the, to the World Cup for what it's worth. Yeah, something to, uh, to to give you a reason to, to watch it anyway, Theo. You want to come in? No, I've just accidentally pressed the, the unmute button. Oh, in that case, well, we'll uh, <laughs> move on. <laughs> if uh, if nobody else has got any more thoughts on the World Cup, I think we'll leave it there for today's podcast. No team selection, of course, not until after the World Cup. Now, if you are watching the World Cup, do stick across the Echoes channels as well for all of the updates around Liverpool too. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.